Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, John. Where are you? John, where are you? Thank you. Well done. Thank you for uh, that, uh, that video, uh, Josh and worship team. Thank you for leading us in worship this morning and leading us in that song, uh, You Have Already Won by Shane and Shane. What a uh, song. Fantastic. I hope that you'll put that on your playlist to learn that one. But uh, uh, Puerto Rico was a great trip, as you saw um, on the video. We had a fantastic time. And to uh, let the rest of the church know, all of our students are ready and available to do any landscaping any pressure washing and any painting that you want done. We'll take sign-ups after church today. Students, are y'all ready for that? They're like, nope, nope, not at all. Uh, but we had, we really did have an amazing, amazing time. Um, it was a, a great, great trip. Um, and as John said in the video, it was a little warm. Just a little warm, but uh, we survived. And, and moms and dads, just to let you know, thank you for allowing uh, your son or your daughter to go with us on that trip. Thank you for trusting them um, with us. We, we greatly appreciate that. And church, thank you so much for your prayers um, as we felt them and God moved in some mighty ways. As we saw uh, Jose, um, the Olympic weightlifter, professional saxophone player, prayed to receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. Um, and then also we had two of our students who have voiced um, some calls into the mission field. And so God's doing some great things in our lives of our student ministry. So thank you, thank you so much. Well, if you have your Bibles, and I'm sure that you do. Why don't you take them out and get them ready? We're going to look at a lot of scripture today as we kick off our summer sermon series simply titled, Lord, I Want to Know You. This is going to be a study on the names of God. And if, and if I could summarize what this summer series is going to be all about, I would say it this way. Everybody has a God, but who is he and what is his name? Everybody has a God, but who is he and what is his name? We all know that we were created to worship something. Whether you believe in a higher power or not, there is something that is innate within all of us uh, that we are created to worship someone or to worship something because everybody has a God. Uh, you think about the Muslims, they have a God whose name is Allah. Uh, you think about Hindus, they worship multiple deities. Um, Buddhism, they worship um, a Buddha. Um, atheists, yes, even atheists, who say there is no God, guess what? They have a God, isn't that right? Any atheists in this room? Well, if you're an atheist, I'm just gonna let you know you still have a God. There is something that you believe in. Atheists uh, tend to believe um, in, in themselves, in the God of humanity. Uh, but when you look around all cultures, you look around all tribes, all social groups, everybody has their own idols. You go into cultures similar to what we went into in other third world countries, uh, they will still have voodoo relics. They believe in something. 
We have a God, everybody has a God, everybody has an object of worship, but the question is, who is he and what is his name? You look at our Western secular society, you know this, that we have a God, and the God of the Western secular society is this, the God is self. What's my rights? Don't trample on my rights, get off my rights. I can do whatever I want to do. That's the God of America. You look around and you can see that material things such as cars, homes, social influence and wealth are all idols. It doesn't matter what one you have or, or what you call it, everybody has a God. But the question of this series is this, who is he and what is his name? Yesterday or Friday when our student ministry was flying back uh, from San Juan, which by the way, the trip home was lovely. <laughs> Isn't that right students? It is lovely. It began at 3.15 Friday morning when we had to leave the ministry center and travel about 30 minutes to the airport. On the way to the airport in San Juan, we get a text that says, our flight, which was scheduled to leave at six for Miami, had been delayed to 1 p.m. that afternoon. We've been kicked out of our hotel. We're going to the airport for eternity. <laughs> we get to the airport and we've discovered that they have rebooked us on another flight Instead of going from San Juan to Miami, we make the small jump from San Juan to Philadelphia. <laughs> we fly over Jacksonville <laughs> because we wanted to have lunch in Philadelphia. Guess what restaurant they had in the Philadelphia airport? Praise God, Chick-fil-A. That was a sign we were on the right path, isn't that right? <laughs> we get on our plane from Philadelphia to fly back to Jacksonville. We arrive to Jacksonville at the airport and proceed to, to sit on the tarmac for two hours because of rain. Well, it was a fun trip. But it just so happened that I was sitting next to a, a young lady from Jersey. Um, and on the flight from Philadelphia to, San, to, to Jacksonville, I was able to have some conversations with her. And they began to talk about faith. And I told her that one of our students was wanting to share his faith with somebody. And I asked her, would you be willing to wait when we land so that one of our students can share his faith with you? And her response was this, oh sure, I love to hear about all the different faiths. Hmm. Well, is she right? Are there, are there different faiths? Are there different gods? What, what, what's the deal? We live in a world and a culture that believes there are multiple faiths and there are multiple gods. But as believers in Christ, we need to remember this. And this is the whole idea behind this series, that the Bible begins with God. 
Genesis 1-1, what does it say? In the beginning, in the beginning God created. So the Bible begins with God the creator, but the Bible then goes on to tell us through multiple stories that there are many counterfeits to this God whom we call the creator. That there are many substitutes. But when you look at the scriptures, we see that the God of the Bible declares himself to be a God who acts, a God who who creates, a God who controls. The prophet Isaiah, speaking on behalf of God, said in Isaiah chapter 46, he said this, God said, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there's none like me. Hosea, another prophet in the Old Testament, uh, describes the character and work of God when he says this in Hosea 11 verse 9, God says this through Hosea, Hosea, for I am God and not a man. God has separated himself, the God of the Bible whom we believe as followers in Jesus Christ whom we believe, everybody has a God, what's his name, what's he like, the God we serve says this, I am God and I am not like man, I am above you. Well, if that's the case, what does that look like? Joshua, the early leader of of God's people, after Moses died, Joshua is the leader, he leads the people into the promised land. And at the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua gives this great challenge to the people in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, when he says this, choose you this day whom you will serve. Joshua saying, everybody's got a God. Everybody is worshiping somebody. But he challenges God's people, choose you this day whom you will serve. And then Joshua then makes this great statement when he says this, as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Well, who is this God? Who is this God that we have chosen to serve? And that's the purpose of this series. I want us to know who our God is. I want us to know him. I want us to worship him. I want us to depend upon him. I want us to rely upon him. I want us, I want you, my prayer for us is this, that we know our God because everybody has a God. So over the next several weeks, we are going to look at the different names of God. Next week is Father's Day. Um, We're going to look at God our Father, Abba Father. Uh, After that, we're going to look at Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. Uh, Then we're going to look at Jehovah Nisi, which is God our banner. This is the names of God. We're going to look at Jehovah Sabaoth, which is God is a God of power. We're going to look at Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Jehovah Shema, God who is there. And then last, we're going to end the series by looking at the name of God. Jehovah Shalom, which is God our peace. And then we're gonna end this series by participating in the Lord's Supper on July 30th. That's where we're going. And it's my prayer that you will, that you come to church during the summer, during the summer months, you be here and let's learn who God is. And so this morning, this is the foundation for the rest of the series. And so I want to ask and answer this question. Why does God's name matter? Why does it matter the names of God? Okay, I get it, everybody's got a God. 
who is he, what's his name, what is he like, but why, why is this really a big deal? Well, let me give you a couple reasons, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. We're going to look at a lot of Scripture today. If you're ready this morning, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, number one, I want you to write this down. God's Word, the Bible, teaches us that names matter. Say names matter with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Names matter. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter 22. This is in the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 22. Uh, Put your finger there and then also go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 1. Proverbs 22 verse 1 and Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1. The book of Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes were written by the wisest man besides Jesus, except Jesus, to ever live. What was his name? Everybody say... Solomon. Solomon writes these words of wisdom, these these nuggets that we can apply to our lives. Well, look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, and this is what Solomon says. He says, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. So Solomon in Proverbs chapter 22 says, names matter. It means you want a good name. Go over to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 1, and Solomon basically says the same thing. He says, a good name is better than a good ointment. Now what is Solomon saying? He is saying this, your name matters. What he's saying is, you want a good reputation. Your name matters. Name matters to people. There's there's an old Scottish proverb which says this, a bad wound may heal, but a bad name will kill. See, the Bible teaches us that names matter. Parents, you know this, right? How many of you agonize to name your son or your daughter? How many of you struggle to name your son Hitler or your daughter Jezebel? Anybody struggle with that? You didn't struggle with that because why? Because names matter. You think about your own name. Some of you were named by a famous person or named uh, after a famous person. Some of you were named after, after a family member that, uh, that was loved and, and your name is something special. Uh, when you say a name, often we can associate things with that name. Uh, here's a couple, see if you know anything about that, that name. How about this one, Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't finish college. That's what we know about him, right? You know, Georgia football national championship. How about this one? Students, how about this one? Taylor Swift. The worst female singer of the day, right? All right, grandparents, how about this one? John Wayne. There you go. There you go. So there's a name association. When you say names, you, you figure out what, what uh, applies to them. Why? Because names matter. Some of you have nicknames, and they're descriptors of you. Some of you may have a nickname, and your nickname is Slim, which probably means you're pretty skinny. But if your nickname is Chubby, It's probably a pretty good descriptor that you're a, you're a round ball or something like that, I don't know. 
But names can be descriptive. There was, there was a book written several years ago by, by, by the author Paul Dickinson. He wrote a book called Names. He had a hobby of, of searching for unique names and, and he ended up writing a book about all the names he collected. Here's what he found, this is, this is crazy. He said sometimes names can be prophetic. He found this in 1941, two men were executed in the electric chair in Florida and their names were, you ready for this? Will Byrne and Will Frizzle. <laughs> he went on to say in, in Toronto, Canada, he, he discovered a window washer who died by accident. He fell from the windows that he was washing and his name was will drop. <laughs> he said others seemed destined for certain occupations. He said he came across a man by the name of Joe Bunt. Guess what he became? A baseball coach. Had another one named Dan Druff. <laughs> He's a barber. I've never been to one, but I know what a barber is. Dan Druff. Why, why is this the big deal? Because names matter. And here's what I know about names. When it comes to our names, we don't want our names to be misrepresented, do we? We want our names to be used correctly. And when our name is not used correctly, it bothers us. Do you agree with that? True story. I've never told you this story before. This is the first time you'll ever hear the story. Um, it was my first middle school football game. I was massive, about 95 pounds. <laughs> but I was the quarterback. And uh, I remember the first game that we played, first football game ever. And on my first quarterback keeper, we ran the option and I kept the ball. On the first time I kept the ball, it was in the first quarter of my first game ever, I ran for a touchdown of 50 yards. Yes, yes. I was pretty pumped. Until the next day, when I read the newspaper article about our game. The article said this, Chris Winford ran his very first touchdown run of his career of five yards. I was miffed. Now why was I miffed? Because it was incorrect. And there was something that was incorrect associated with my name. Now if I or if you feel that way about your own name, imagine what God feels. Imagine what God feels. When we say incorrect things and we attribute it to the name of the Almighty, how do you think he feels? You see, the Bible teaches us that names matter. And here's the second thing that I want you to see, that we're, and we'll be talking all throughout this series about this. The Bible then teaches us this, that we are to take God's name seriously. 
God's word says names matter. Names matter because that's your character, that's your reputation, that's who you are. It's a descriptor of who you are. Names matter, and when somebody abuses that name, it offends you. If people say something against your name or incorrectly against you, that, uh, that offends you. Well, here the Bible teaches us that we are to take God's name seriously. In the Bible, there are over 250 different names for God and for, and for Jesus himself. Now, thankfully, we're not going to look at all 250 of those names. We're gonna look at several of them, but here's what we need to know. Knowing God's name matters. Knowing who our God is, what his character is, what he is able to do, it matters. Listen to these verses and they'll come up on the screen. Psalm 8.1 says this, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. His name is majestic. It's above all names. Psalm 910 says this, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. So if you and I, we know the name of God because everybody has a God, who is he, what's his name? The Bible says, if you know his name, you will put your trust in him. But you gotta know who your God is. You know him, you know his name, his character, his attributes, and when you know who he is, you will put your full trust in him. Psalm 20 verse seven says this, some boast in chariots and some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. We boast in the name of Jesus. We don't boast in our own power. We don't boast in our own strength. We don't boast in our own abilities. We are humble, we walk in humility, but we will boast about the name of our Heavenly Father. That's where I want us to be, that's where I want to be in my own life. But the Bible teaches us that we must take God's name seriously. Go with me to Exodus chapter 20. Y'all still with me this morning? Exodus chapter 20, you know this. Exodus chapter 20, in Exodus chapter 20, we find and we read what we know as the 10 commandments. This is when God has given Moses uh, these 10 rules, these 10 laws, if you will. He has placed them on some stone tablets. And God said to Moses, you need to tell these to the people, to my people, and my people need to follow these. And in verse number seven, we come to the third commandment. Um, it's gonna be on the screen, and I want us to read uh, the third commandment together, okay? Let's read it together, and it says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. That's the third commandment. We know that. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Well, what in the world does this mean? When God gives us this command, this is the third commandment to his people. He says, don't take my name in vain. What does that mean and what does God want us to know about God's name that we are not to take it in vain? Well, the key to understand uh, the third commandment is this. We must understand what the phrase in vain means. Many of you, 
I, did, I, I was this way for a long time. I thought, maybe you may still think this, I thought that do not take the Lord's name in vain. I grew up thinking that this command was all about do not cuss. You with me? Do not swear. Do not use God's name with an expletive after that. Anybody with me? I mean, that's what I grew up. That's, why, that's kind of the way I was taught about that, that, that we are not to, we're not to, to, with our language, with our words, not to, to cuss and use vulgar language or have, or have dirty jokes. But I think that's an application of this commandment, but that's not the main point of this commandment. Now, we can make the application, but that's not the main point. The main point comes when you define what the word in vain means. You know what the Hebrew for in vain means? Here's what it means. Are you ready for this? It means this. Don't take God's name too casually. Are you with me? It means don't take God's name too lightly too frivolous. God's my homeboy. You with me? And God says, the third commandment, he says, do not take my name too lightly, flippantly, just whatever. That as a believer in Jesus Christ, that you can just do whatever you want with no regard to the name of the God you serve. Now, why would God be so serious about his name? I mean, it's a pretty serious command, right? He says, don't take my name in vain. Don't do it. Don't treat me casually. Don't treat me lightly. Don't treat me irrelevantly, don't, or irreverently. Don't treat me that way. Yes, I'm your friend. Yes, we're close, but, but remember, I'm God, you're not. I'm holy, you're not. Remember who I am and treat me with the respect that as the creator I deserve. And praise God that God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins so that we could have a close relationship with the Heavenly Father. Because if it wasn't for Jesus, none of us would ever get close to God. Do you know why? Because you're sinners. God is holy, and you and I cannot be in the presence of God if there's sin in our lives. But here's what the Bible teaches us. You take God's name seriously. You don't take it too lightly, you don't take it too flippantly, and you don't take it too casually. Well, why is, God's, why is God so concerned about his name? Are y'all with me this morning? Why is God concerned about his name? God's concerned about how you and I live and how we treat God's name because his reputation is on the line with how you and I live. If you and I live flippantly, what are non-believers gonna think about God? No, he's a flippant God. If we live casually, 
and how we treat God, believer, non-believers, and say, well, they're really casual with their God, so maybe he's just, yeah, whatever, you can do whatever. Listen, when you and I live, we live for Christ, we put God's reputation on the line. And God says this, I will not share my glory with anybody else. I won't share my name, my glory with anybody else, but, but God does say this, but, but if you honor me, I will honor you. But if you despise me, I'm not gonna honor you. And so God the Holy Creator says, take my name seriously. Let me, t- let me give you two reasons why we need to take his name seriously. Here, here's number one. There is a danger if we misuse God's name. Did y'all see that in our reading in Exodus chapter 20, verse seven? That there is a, that there is a danger, there is a, a threat, if you will, that's attached to this command in Exodus chapter 20, verse seven. Look at it again, verse seven. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Why? For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. What does that mean? It means this, I want you to listen to me. It means this, it means this. God's not a toy to mess around with. He's not. He's not a toy. He doesn't say, just, you know, just play with me, just, and then leave me off in the corner. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, listen, if you're going to be with me, then you be with me and you take my name seriously. Go, go to 2 Samuel chapter 6. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 6. One of the strangest stories in the Bible. And you're going to understand it when I begin to communicate it. But in 2 Samuel chapter 6, I want you to look at verse number 7, but let me tell you what leads up to verse number 7. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, David is going to move the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant has a name, and it is, it is called by the name. It's God's presence. And there were instructions on how to transport the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the name of God. There were instructions. And their instructions were this. Um, you had to be a Levite to carry the Ark, and they had to put poles around these rings on the corners of the ark, and the ark then either had to be put on the shoulders or on the shoulders of some oxen. That's how it was to be carried. You were never to touch the ark. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. You can't do it. So, so David becomes king. The ark is in another place. He wants to bring it to Jerusalem, wants to build a temple. And so he says, guys, bring the ark of the covenant to the temple in Jerusalem. Like, okay, let's, let's do it. And so the sons of Abinadab, Abinadab was one of the priests, the Levite priests. So he had two sons. One's name was Ahio and the other was Uzzah. Wonderful names. Remember, names are important. And these two guys, Ahio and Uzzah, they walk beside the Ark of the Covenant. They're just walking along, da 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 But all of a sudden, along the way, the, ark, the oxen, I hit a hole, I don't know, but the Ark begins to wobble. And Uzzah, guess what he does? He reaches out to stop and to keep the Ark from falling. Does anybody know what happens next? dead. Parents, this would be a great uh, bedtime story to read with your children. (laughs) 
Don't name your child Uzzah or Uzzah, whichever one. So anyways, he reaches out and he touches the ark just to steady it. He didn't want the ark to fall. But when he touched the ark, it was the last thing of his life. He died. Look at 2 Samuel 6, 7. And verse 7 says this, and the anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah, and God struck him down there for his what? Irreverence. And he died there by the ark. You and I, we may think, okay, God, this is a, I think you're overreacting. You ever thought that about this story? Man, God, you're, what in the world? I mean, he was just trying to do his job. But here's what we know about God, and this is what we'll learn in this series. Whenever God does something, he's teaching us about his character. So there's a reason God did this. And one of the reasons that I believe that God did this was because of this. He wanted the people to know, you don't take my name lightly. You don't treat me irreverently or irrelevant. That'd be good too. Don't be irreverent. You take my name seriously. Does this surprise you? Does this surprise you that God would go to, um, go to this level to defend his name? Does that surprise you? I think it surprises me a little bit until I start thinking about uh, companies all around the world, United States all around the world today, who spend millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to protect their own name. Are you with me? Coca-Cola. How many lawyers do you think they have to protect their name? One? No way. I don't know how much they spend, but I imagine it's millions of dollars just to protect their name, their logo, what is their own, copyright laws, right? They spend millions to protect what? To protect their name. How about the athletic apparel company called Under Armour? Do you know what their slogan is or their tagline is? Protect this house. Do we get offended when they say protect this house? Do we get offended when Coca-Cola spends so much money to protect their name? No. So then it makes perfect sense that God would go to great lengths to protect his own name. Is not God greater than Coke? Is not God greater than Under Armour? 100%. So it makes sense that God would go to this extreme to protect the name above all names, the most holiest name in all the earth. It makes perfect sense. And this is the God that we serve. And if we misuse God's name, man, we need to take it seriously. That means when we worship, that means when we read God's word, how we treat people, how we talk, how, how we live our life, we live a life that brings glory and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do we mess up? Never. Of course we do. But we must never take God's name lightly. Here's, here's the last reason why we're to take God's name seriously, and then we're gonna be done. Here it is. 
Trusting in his name makes an eternal difference. Trusting in the name of Jesus Christ, trusting in the names of God will make an eternal difference. Listen to this. There is no other name for salvation. Matthew 121 says, his name is Jesus. For it is he who will save the people from their sins. Acts 4.12 says, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven which has been given among men by which you must be saved. There is no other name for salvation. This name, Paul says in Philippians chapter two, he says this, every knee will bow to this name. What it says is God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and those who are on earth and those who are under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that name that Jesus Christ is Lord. This name, this name is the Messiah. John, the apostle whom Jesus loved, says this, these things I have been writing to you so that you may believe in that name, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in his name, you will have eternal life. And what you and I do with that name, what you and I do with that name leads to your eternal destination. 1 John 5, 31 says this, these things I have written to you, to those who believe in the name of the Son of God, in order that you may know that you have eternal life. Everybody has a God. Who is he? What's his name? And who are you serving today? When our students, um, when we showed up to Puerto Rico, to San Juan. Um, we worshiped on a Sunday morning at a church. Um, had a great time, and then Sunday we got prepared for our next work day. On Monday morning, we received one piece of paper with instructions and a goal for the week. And on, at the top of that paper was a name. And that name was Jose. You heard about his story just a few minutes ago. At the top of the paper was Jose. Now here's what, when we started that day, we didn't know Jose. But our students spent time with Jose. Monday, we spent time with him. On Monday, we learned that Jose was an Olympic weightlifting champion. He was a professional musician. But here's, here's what else we learned. We learned that he liked tequila. Um, and he said he liked mooey, mooey tequila. <laughs> and he said that the reason he did not win the 1968 Olympics weightlifting in Mexico is because he enjoyed tequila the night before. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said. But then he also said, I have very little contact with my family. I'm alone, and there's nobody here. And we took the time to know Jose. The next day, we showed up. 
there's Jose. Ready to talk. We couldn't understand many words he said, but we would just nod in agreement. Viens, viens. We share the gospel with him and praise be to Jesus. He accepts it. We come back on Wednesday, spent time with Jose. We came back on Thursday, we spent time with Jose. Other groups spent time, other in our group spent time with Juanita, next door neighbor. The point is every single day we spent time with Jose, we spent time with Juanita. Going into this trip, we did not know their name. But because we spent time with them, guess what? We know their name. And one of those is now our brother and sister in Christ, excuse me, one of our brothers in Christ Jesus. Point being is this, names matter. I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Heavenly Father, but I know this, He knows your name. He's intimately acquainted with you. He knows your name. And he desperately wants you to know his name. I don't know where you are. But today, will you take comfort in the fact that God knows your name? And if you've never chosen to serve the Lord, everybody has a God. Who is he? What's his name? Everybody's got one. If you haven't made that decision to follow the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, there's no salvation outside of his name. If you haven't done that, I beg you today. You know his name. And here's what I know about his name. He's good. His name is great. His name is majestic. His name is holy. And he just simply wants you to follow him and get to know him. Won't you do that today? Let's pray. Father, we come before you. I pray, Father God, that in our words, your name will be magnified. I pray that in the songs we sing that you, your name will be worshiped and praised. I pray that in our lives, it'll be the name of Jesus that is glorified. And may we seek God. May we seek to make your name known to everyone. I pray that we can speak to more Jose's in this world, to more Juanita's in this world, to reveal the name above all names, Jesus. Father, we love you, and we say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together.